Hello and welcome back to the Fantasy Playmakers. What's up guys? For today's video, I'm going to be going through my top 25 overall player rankings for the 2021 fantasy season. So I've already put out my running back rankings, wide receiver rankings, tight end rankings, and quarterback rankings. And so now it's kind of time for the overall, my top 25 big board. And for this video, the player analysis is going to be a little bit quicker just because I've already talked about most of these guys in the other videos. So maybe a few guys that I didn't mention in the other rankings, I'll talk about a little bit more, but hopefully this one's gonna be a little bit quicker. If you guys are enjoying the video, please make sure you like and subscribe. That would really help support the channel. And also make sure you guys comment your thoughts down below. What rankings do you guys agree with? Which ones do you disagree with? And I'll make sure to get back to you. But let's get into it. At number 25, I have Chris Carson. And I think there's kind of a narrative that he's been an injury-prone player. And while he did deal with injuries last season, he's only missed eight games in the last three years, which is not, you know, really bad, especially for a running back. Running back is a position that normally deals with a lot of injuries. And so that's really not something I'm worried about with Carson. And in 2018 and 2019, he was just a super stable fantasy player. He ran for at least 1,150 yards and seven touchdowns in both those seasons. And you know, the Seahawks have already come out and said they're going to be committed to running the ball in 2021. So I'm expecting big things from Chris Carson. And I actually think you're going to be able to get him even later than this number 25 pick. I think you could really be looking at him at the end of the third round. And I think he's likely going to be there in a lot of leagues. Next up at number 24, I have DeAndre Swift from the Detroit Lions. And originally I was fading him this offseason because I just did not like the Jamal Williams signing. I thought that was kind of really going to limit Swift's potential, and it does affect him a little bit, but I looked a little bit closer at his 2020 stats, and he finished 19th in points per game, and he's coming in at my running back 15. So I really think that jump four slots is not very high, and I think he can definitely make it and even finish higher than a number 15 running back. Swift put up those top 20 fantasy numbers last year, averaging only 8.8 .8 carries per game, which is just so low for a starting running back. And so I was realizing that even if Jamal Williams comes in and has a decent role as a backup, you know, maybe gets more carries than your typical backup, there's no way that Swift doesn't receive a bigger workload than 8.8 .8 carries per game. And this Lions offense, it's not going to be good. They're not going to be scoring a lot, but they do need to give the ball to someone. And the way I'm looking at their offense right now, it's going to be Swift and it's going to be TJ Hawkinson. Swift also has really solid receiving upside. In just 13 games last year, he caught 46 passes for 357 yards and two touchdowns. And so I'm starting to come around on DeAndre Swift this year. Now at number 23, I have Calvin Ridley, who finished number four in points per game and total points last year. He was effective when Julio was in the lineup and he was effective when Julio was out of the lineup. So I just think he's a really safe and consistent option for the 2021 season. At number 22, I have Keenan Allen. He's going to be the Chargers' clear number one receiving option. And with Justin Herbert at quarterback, I think he has top-tier wide receiver one potential. The Chargers also had a great offseason, made a lot of offensive line improvements, which I think will only help their passing game even more. Coming in at number 21, I have Clyde Edwards-Alaire, who, if we're being honest, he flopped last year. He was not good. He did not live up to expectations. He was being selected in the first round and just really disappointed. But I really think this year, people are kind of over-adjusting in the wrong direction. You know, last year they were too high on him, and this year they've just totally thrown him away. 
I don't think that should really be happening. Prior to Le'Veon Bell signing with the Chiefs, Clyde Edwards-Alaire was averaging 19 carries a game and 3.5 receptions. And so he was getting that workhorse workload. The only issue is that he was just not getting in the end zone. He was averaging over 40 touches per touchdown, which is just an absolutely terrible pace. And I just think that has to overcorrect in the other way. Even if he's not like a league average touch per touchdown rate, he has to get at least closer to league average because 40 touches per touchdown is just so incredibly low. And so Clyde Edwards-Alaire may be a guy that you're able to get at a discount this year just because people feel burned by his performance from 2020. Now at number 20, I have Justin Jefferson, who was the number eight wide receiver in points per game and number six in total points as a rookie. And I just don't really see why these numbers wouldn't continue to go up or even stay the same. If he stays the same, he still lives up to this ADP. And I could definitely expect some more yards, some more receptions. And most likely, I think he's going to get a couple more touchdown receptions this year. Coming in at number 19, I have A.J. Brown. I've talked about this a lot this offseason, but that entire offense is basically gone. Johnny Smith, Corey Davis, Adam Humphreys all out the door, and they've only brought in Josh Reynolds. And Josh Reynolds is not going to fill the void of all those targets. So it's going to be A.J. Brown and Derrick Henry, who are really the only two guys in that Titans offense. And I really think Brown could see an even bigger target share to go along with his already explosive big plays. Now at number 18, I have Antonio Gibson. I think he's going to be on a much more efficient Washington football offense in 2021. And I just think he's going to continue to build on his 2020 workload after he went out and established himself as the number one running back for the Washington football team. The only real thing that's kind of holding Antonio Gibson back is JD McKissick in that backfield because people forget Antonio Gibson was basically a receiver in college. He didn't really get many carries. I think he only had 30 carries in his last year of college due to Kenny Gainwell being the main running back. And so if JD McKissick wasn't there, Antonio Gibson could be a full-on workhorse running back who was also getting a ton of work in the receiving game. So that's really the only contractor I have with Gibson. And if JD McKissick ever goes down with injury or leaves the Washington football team, Antonio Gibson is going to absolutely explode in fantasy football. Coming in at number 17, I have Devontae Adams. And I talked about this in the wide receiver rankings video. If Rodgers was, you know, locked in to be on the Packers, Devontae Adams would be my number one receiver. He would be, I think, at my number six slot in these rankings. But if Rodgers leaves, I mean, Devontae Adams is going to have to drop because a lot of these top receivers need those top tier quarterbacks to support them. You look at Tyree Kill, Stephon Diggs, DeAndre Hopkins. They have Patrick Mahomes, they have Josh Allen, and they have Kyler Murray. So Devontae Adams would definitely take a fall if Rodgers is gone. So right now I kind of have him at like an in-between spot because I think if Rodgers is back, he's obviously going to jump back up. But if Rodgers leaves, I think he could even fall a couple more spots from here. Now at number 16, I have DeAndre Hopkins, who had a very good first year with the Cardinals. And I don't really see why this is going to change. Kyler's going to be back. He's going to have another year of experience. They've also brought in some extra weapons, which I think can only help DeAndre Hopkins take a little bit of the pressure off him. He was really the only main receiving option last year. You had Larry Fitzgerald, but everyone knows he's getting older. And then you also had Christian Kirk, who hasn't really lived up to expectation. So DeAndre Hopkins was really one of the only guys you had to worry about in the receiving game. So I think he will continue to improve on his 2020 season. 
as him and Kyler develop more chemistry and he gets more comfortable in that offense. At number 15, I have Cam Akers. I think this Rams offense is going to be much improved from 2020. You upgraded at quarterback, Jared Goff to Matthew Stafford, which is a huge upgrade. And Akers is now lined up to be the dominant workhorse in that offense this year. He ended the 2020 season just getting an insane amount of touches. I think it was 24 per game. So if he gets even close to that in 2020, he's going to finish as a RB1 for sure. Next up at number 14, I have Joe Mixon. I am buying in again on Joe Mixon, and I really think this is going to be the year. In his limited work last year, he got a ton of volume in both the running and receiving game, averaged almost 20 carries per game with over four targets a game. You had Giovanni Bernard who was released, which kind of started off just a dream offseason for Joe Mixon. Then the Bengals drafted Jamar Chase in the first round. I think that's going to take a lot of the pressure off the run game. And then they went out in the second and drafted an offensive tackle to help this O-line. So all these moves have just directly benefited Joe Mixon. And I'm really expecting him to establish himself as a top-tier fantasy running back in 2021. Now at number 13, I have Stephon Diggs. He finished number three in points per game and total points in 2020. He was first in targets, receptions, and receiving yards. And that was just his first year with Josh Allen. So if Josh Allen is able to go out there and repeat the same success he had in 2020, I don't see any reason why Stephon Diggs does not finish as a top three fantasy wide receiver. Coming in at number 12, I have another guy who's been affected by the Aaron Rodgers drama in Aaron Jones. He would be my running back five or six if there wasn't this uncertainty with the quarterback position. He's been top five in total points and points per game the last two years, so he's definitely earned his right to be that high, but losing Rodgers would be a big hit to his value. And so if Rodgers leaves, I think he drops from here. And if Rodgers stays, I think he moves up. So once again, it's kind of more of this middle slot I'm putting him at. At number 11, I have Austin Eckler. And similar to Joe Mixon, this offseason just went super well for Eckler. The Chargers upgraded three of their offensive line positions, which included signing an all-pro center and drafting the consensus second-best offensive lineman in the NFL draft. And so with these offseason moves, and they also have a new coaching staff, I'm really high on Eckler this year, and I think he's going to have insane upside with a pretty safe floor just due to his work in the receiving game and the fact that he's going to be the workhorse in that offense. Now to number 10, I have Tyree Kill, was number two in points per game and total points for wide receivers in 2020. He's attached to the most explosive offense. You have Patrick Mahomes as your quarterback and he showed improved consistency in 2020. So I don't see any reason why he doesn't return to be a top tier fantasy wide receiver asset this year. At the number nine slot, I have Travis Kelsey. And I think this is probably the highest I've ever ranked a tight end. I think this might be the earliest a tight end has ever really had their ADP around. I can't remember the last time a tight end was going in the first round, but Travis Kelsey has earned it. He is the consensus best fantasy football tight end. He really has everything you could ask for. He's only missed two games since 2014, which is unheard of consistency. And last year, he would have been the wide receiver three. So he just gives you an insane positional advantage where if I can get him at the end of the first or even early second, I'd be pretty satisfied with that. Now at number eight, I have Nick Chubb from the Browns. I think he's one of the safest picks in this top 25. You know exactly what you're getting from him. He was crazy efficient in Kevin Stefanski's offense, 
and that was only the first year with Stefanski at head coach. He averaged 5.6 yards per carry, and you really just know what you're getting from him. You're not going to get a ton of receiving upside, but you're just going to get those workhorse carries. He's going to be the number one running back. He's going to score a lot of touchdowns. He's going to score a lot of touchdowns and just put up solid fantasy production on a week-to-week basis. At number seven, I have Ezekiel Elliott. When Dak was healthy last year, he was the number five running back in points per game. The only real concern I have here with Zeke is that the offensive line isn't going to be as strong as it has been in years past, but I'm really expecting a bounce back year from Zeke, and I think people are fading him, so you could probably get him even later than this number seven pick. I think he could fall late first round, maybe even early second in some leagues. Coming in at number six, I have Jonathan Taylor, who finished an impressive rookie season number nine in points per game and number six in total points. And that was with him having an inconsistent start to the year. So I think this year he's just lined up to operate as that alpha for the entire season and has a chance to finish even higher than he did as a rookie. At number five, I have a guy that I'm still kind of shaky on. I don't know if I'm going to be going out and drafting him this year, but it's hard to not have Saquon Barkley in your top five just because of the insane talent he has and how well he produces when he's healthy. He has that combination of great work in the running game and great receiving upside. Saquon's coming off of a torn ACL in 2020, and remember he also had that high ankle sprain in 2019. And so I really haven't seen him at full health since his rookie year in 2018, where he finished as the number two running back. And this Giants offense is improving, but the offensive line is still subpar. So there's definitely still some concerns with Saquon this year. Now at number four, I have Alvin Kamara, who really has that great receiving upside I was talking about with Saquon. He's up there with the Christian McCaffrey's, the Dalvin Cooks, in that kind of dual threat running back range. But Drew Brees retiring definitely hurts his value. And I think it'll be interesting to see how Sean Payton adjusts with him in the offense. I'm still confident he's going to be a focal point in that offense, but I just think his ceiling is a little bit capped when he's not getting that seven targets per game he was getting with Drew Brees. Next up at number three, I have Derrick Henry, who has just been the model for consistency at the running back position. He's only missed two games his entire career. He's top four in points per game and total points in the last two years, and he's going to be one of the two main Titans weapons. I talked about it with A.J. Brown. It's going to be Derrick Henry, and it's going to be A.J. Brown for the Titans. So you know he's getting that workhorse role. And so really, I'm just going to be banking on him staying healthy for another year. And he hasn't given me any reason to bet against him. Now at number two, I have Delvin Cook, who was the second best fantasy running back last year behind Kamara. He has that balance on the ground and in the air that I've been talking about. And he was a huge red zone threat for the Vikings, number one in red zone touches and goal line carries. Now that he doesn't have that kind of injury prone label attached to him, I expect Delvin Cook to kind of be the consensus number two this year. The last guy in my rankings coming in at number one, the consensus top running back for fantasy this year, it's got to be Christian McCaffrey. From 2017 to 2019, he's played in all 16 games, so I really don't care that he only played in three games in 2020. He's proven he can have that alpha workload while also staying healthy for a full season. And in terms of fantasy, he has the highest ceiling of any running back by far. He was number one in points per game and total points in 2019. He was number one in points per game in 2020, even though he only played three games. I talked about this in my running back rankings video, but Christian McCaffrey just provides such a positional advantage that normally is just not present for running backs. Normally you have like your top running backs and they're all kind of clumped together. Christian McCaffrey is just in a whole nother tier. 
He's like the Travis Kelsey of running backs. And so that is just super valuable, especially at this number one pick. I think the difference between the number one pick and the number two or three or four is just so huge that if I'm selecting in drafts, I either want to be picking number one or I want to be picking towards the back end of the first round. All right, that is going to wrap up my top 25 rankings. Thank you guys so much for listening. Remember, make sure if you guys enjoyed the video, leave a like and subscribe. I'd really appreciate that. And also let me know your thoughts down below. I'll make sure to update these throughout the off season, but this is all I have for now. Thank you guys again. See you next time.